Finally, a game show about the thrilling world of traffic. Beep beep, it's game shows, I suppose. Hello everybody and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows. I suppose I'm your host, Jordan Haas. My good friend Liam will be stopping by in just a bit to talk about bumper stumpers. But before we do the bump and stump, we gotta get through the news. Alright, welcome to the news segment. The news segment where we do the news. Uh, it's our 90th episode, did you know that? I, I just looked at the little readout, and we have 90 episodes. That means in 10 weeks' time, we have our 100th episode. I made 100 episodes of this. I don't think we, we've been on for 100 weeks. I know we've double-billed, but still, 100 episodes. Wow. Um, anyway, I, there's been a lot of news this week. Uh, so first we'll get to some interesting things I saw. So um, on the wall on monday they gave away the biggest prize in the wall's history and if it wasn't for that two million dollars on survivor probably the biggest win in game show history one million seven hundred forty nine thousand nine hundred seven dollars was won on the wall on monday which was a big prize uh that was quickly forgettable because i still don't know who won it i'm sure it was a deserving couple because that's what the show is um, but that was the, the grand prize. And I remember watching the episode. That's how embarrassing it is. It's like, shouldn't I know like who won like one puts a million dollars on the wall? I, I forgot. I also forgot who won survivor to be honest. So, uh, it happens anyway. Uh, COVID-19 always in the news, uh, been a, uh, problem with production. So Gavin Newsom is the governor and, uh, there has been this big tour about how to fix the economy and how to make it safe. And there are protocols in place now for Hollywood productions to get back out there and make some movies and TV shows. So Variety reported about the 22-page white paper, which gives us the protocol for safety at the workplace when it comes to Hollywood. Uh, I'm not going to read all 22 pages because that would be really crazy. Uh, however... Uh, I will say that there's been a lot of protocols here. Uh, I'm going to go with the ones that uh, Variety reports. Uh, regular periodic testing of cast and crew will be used to mitigate the risk of spreading COVID-19. Employers will utilize current effective testing protocols that must be developed in conjunction with and approved by the unions and guilds. Uh, limiting face-to-face -face contact with others is the best way to reduce the spread, so cast and crew must practice physical distancing whenever possible. Physical distancing involves maintaining a distance of six feet from any person. Cast and crew should avoid congregating in groups when practical separate work locations into zones to facilitate physical distancing. 
The number of people involved in close proximity with a performer should be kept to a minimum whenever possible, the paper said. If a performer requires work by more than one makeup artist or hairstylist, makeup artist hairstylist should observe appropriate PPE requirements on both performer and makeup artist hairstylist should observe hand hygiene practices immediately after completing the task. All cast and crew will be required to participate in a daily symptom monitoring monitoring prior to arriving on set or at their workspace. The report said recommended options include electronic survey, manual screening, and or temperature spot checks. Production shall emphasize or reinforce to all cast and crew that working while sick with symptoms of COVID-19 is not permitted. We'll tell that to the PAs who need that for work because they realize if they say, oh, I have COVID-19, they might not get the work. They might, you know... That that's gonna be something that's gonna be probably gonna be something that you're gonna find out in a few weeks. Like you're gonna see like some interns, like, but I need the work hours because then I because if I don't get the project and my resume and I need the job because it's who you know and da da da. Specific duties and responsibilities of COVID nineteen compliance officers may include but not limit to overseeing and monitoring physical distancing, testing, symptom monitoring. So there's basically gonna be a COVID nineteen compliance officer on all locations to make sure everything is safe. It's basically the too long didn't read version, and it's going to be taken seriously, like really seriously. Apparently, like that guy will have the final say, and he could shut down a production if need be, due to risk of contamination through COVID nineteen. So, good luck with that. As Universal Studios tries to reopen its theme park at the same time, I'm not going to Jurassic World the ride can't make me no amount of chris pratt will make me go on that dinosaur ride in this in this period uh all right well uh, i guess we should go into like what's coming out this week star wars jedi temple challenge comes out tomorrow june 3rd if it you're listening to this on a wednesday because it's usually out right here right now it's out now probably go watch it i have seen jedi temple challenge uh just the trailer and clip from one of the episodes and it is fun i will say this might be one of the cooler kids shows in recent time uh the 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 producers of of the show definitely have kids game shows in mind when they thought of this we have very immersive game show which is always fun to see in a kids game show and it hasn't really been done in american game shows since the days of like legends and maybe endurance that this is really, really cool. Also, Ahmed Best is hosting that. And I love Jar Jar. And I love Ahmed Best. He's a great actor. So this is great for me, the guy who likes Jar Jar Binks and thinks everyone who hated episode one is trash. So go see Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. We're going to be looking at some really, really fun challenges, some really clever contests. And I don't know what like the prize is. They didn't really tell me. Maybe it's like a trophy of some kind, like like an agricrag, but Star Wars themed. I don't know. But this this seems really cool, <laughs> and I can't wait to see more episodes. It's on June third, but it was originally on Disney Plus, but now it's going to be on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. And I'm kind of confused because that had a real big budget. This this uh, Temple Challenge, but maybe. Because not a lot of people can afford Disney Plus and YouTube is kind of free with internet connection. That's why they aimed for it. But it looks really cool and I can't wait to see it. So I hope you check it out tomorrow. Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh, Also, this uh, weekend, Hollywood Game Night has returned. 
That's right, your favorite game show with teams plugging their shit for $25,000 is back with Jane Lynch. No physical distancing special, though this is the real deal inset studio, probably pre-recorded before COVID. Uh, celebrities include Twitch from Ellen's Game of Games, Carson Kressley, Amber Riley, Cal Penn, Miranda Cosgrove, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Yvette Nicole Brown from The Big Fib, Darcy Carden, Susan Kalechi Watson, and John Hardis. It's hilarious. We're going to laugh and giggle as we see live guessing games. Now, I like Hollywood Game Night, so I'm not going to be that disappointed seeing it back because I think it's a really cool show. Uh, what, what, astound, what astounds me every season with Hollywood Game Night is they make the set, like the house, weirder every year. <laughs> But also the way they try to come up with different challenges in games. Because clearly, like, the challenge team and the game creations on Hollywood Game Night are very clever. Because it's not just, like, trivia-based. It's like, well, we can do a guessing game, but you do this. We can do a, a word game, but you do this. Uh, and they're really, like, coming up with, like, 20 or 30 different games at a time. It's always fun seeing the rotation of what's played per episode. And I think that's what gives this show holding power, even though I think it's losing its momentum in the form of who they get on as far as celebrities to cast, because it's following the wonder that is match game. I call it the match game problem. Like a lot of celebrity shows like match game have like the same like nine to 10 celebrities that nothing's really new that doesn't stand out. And in addition to that, they try to gimmick the show by doing specials, like stunt casts. So rather it's, well, these are all people who were TV detectives or or TV doctors. Hollywood Game Night will no doubt do that because they did that a few times of like, here's the cast of Superstore. Here's the cast of The Good Place. That they're going to do that uh, again. And I mean, like, it's fine and all, but I, to me, those don't really do much it's, to me to watch. It's not like... Oh, wow, it's a great episode. It kind of pushes me away. But uh, as far as we're going with game shows, uh, Titan Games made its return. Uh, it's a weird new format. The challenges are not really the same as they were in the first season because they were indoors now instead of outdoors. And they're kind of more obstacle course based. But now they kind of have like celebrities be like American Gladiators, which kind of sucks. But the Mount Olympus is better this year, and I like it. To tell the truth, uh, introduce the new format called the Doris. If you get five in a row correct, you get a sculpture of Doris. Mama! From To Tell the Truth. And the weakest person, instead of getting tweet a lie or fake news, they just get called a dumbass by Doris and wears a shitty crown. Uh, match game has returned. Say penis. Say sex. The obvious gay joke, the obvious fat joke, the obvious Asian joke. You're done. Uh, Epic Game Show finally aired with Play Your Cards Right, uh, aka Card Sharks. Uh, in this version, it was celebrity special, and there was a lot of problems. I'm guessing the reason they were hesitant was a lot of errors were done in the production of these shows. From Eamon Holmes not being Eamon Holmes to the format itself being strange and weird and flimsy cards, for instance. Uh, they kind of fell, fell my original Card Sharks plot where it was tournament-based. 
uh, one couple is the red cards, one couple is the blue cards. Winners go on to the finals. Uh, and then they play Card Sharks 2000 with seven cards. And they each get to play the cards. It's only one set of seven. And if they lose, they lose control. And it goes to the other couple. With the winners not playing the money cards, but playing an all-new money cards where they get 10 cards and they got to decide higher or lower. And it's like a pyramid. And for each one that they get right, they go up a prize ladder, 2500 5000 10000 15000 all the way up to $30,000 pounds. Dollar pounds. That's my new uh, gimmick. Just follow me on that. Uh, if they get three mistakes, they lose all the money. So they got to make a decision if they want to continue playing or play their cards right and keep going for more money. There's no what do points make prizes anymore. Yeah, I could see why people were hesitant on this. Uh, couldn't you just like have done like here's a thousand pounds and just done like the show or you know play classic money cards like did. did this doesn't gel well but i mean like it's a fine version it feels like a feels like they were trying to do something different for the sake of being different though well as the questions were fun the higher lowers are good and alan carr is still an okay host not really the best at this show but this is not really the one i thought he would be the best at i know he'll be better at a couple of others but we'll we'll see when those show up because that's a weird mishmash show uh finally press your luck made its return this week uh, in game show funny games and uh they included double your money in a spin they included add a one there's all new whammies and i they have the biggest prize winner on press your luck now with over four hundred thousand dollars it was really really sad because uh i saw them win the accessibility vehicle for their mom because this this guess the story was and they didn't bring it up until that moment was well, their mom has multiple sclerosis, and it's hard for her to travel, so we want to get this mobility van for her. And then she won the mobility van. I was so happy, and everyone in the audience was happy. And then a whammy hit. You want me to tell you what's really fucked up? Is hearing, like, a sob story about your mom, and then immediately after that, Because <laughs> then it's like, well, fuck you, whammy, piece of shit. And then, and then something new happened. Because I'd never seen one of these before. Not only is there there's an all new type of whammy called the zero dollar whammy, where if you have no money, apparently the whammy makes fun of you for having no money, because it was like a bunch of it was like a pre like a school class, and then the whammy acts like a teacher, and all he did was go zero plus zero is still zero. Ooh. And I'm like, this is just adding salt to the wound. This sucks. Fuck you, Whammy. <laughs> but ultimately, she did go to the Big Bucks Bonanza. And she walks out of there with 450000 Just n so close. Just like a few thousand dollars more. Like $50,000 more. She would have had a half a million. And it would have had a million bucks. But it doesn't matter. $450,000. And one of the prices was a Tesla. So she got like almost a quarter million dollars, a Tesla, a trip to space camp, and it just shows you like how cool Press Your Luck is. It is one of the greatest game shows where like you can feel disaster in a moment's notice when that like van gets like whammied out and everyone's like sad and disappointed and heartbroken and then turn around and she has like the biggest 
winning streak going on and she's making hundreds of thousands of dollars. That to me was what made the show really cool and why I still love Pressure Luck. That I'm glad it's back. I now we should start today's episode. Normally when we do one of these fun segments, I usually have like a personal anecdote, you know, like I have all these researches and I go like, well, back in 1942, you know, working at NBC, this happened. And I don't really have much when it comes to bumper stumpers. Uh, I I have some personal anecdotes, but they're kind of weird. Like, for instance, I never really knew that bumper stumpers was a Canadian game show until maybe five years ago. I'm 31 right now. Like, I was in my mid-20s, and I still thought I knew a lot about game shows. And the Canadian game shows were kind of just in the back of my mind. I didn't really know much about bumper stumpers. But it's like, well, I knew this and this and this. It, it didn't take me until, like, now to realize it's a Canadian game show. It took that long. And it, when I rewatched it, like, as a kid, when it was on Game Show Network, it didn't dawn on me it was, like... Canadian, and I'm pretty sure that was the reason why that show was created and produced in that certain way. Because it looks like an American game show, and when we see it on GSN, we think it's an American show, and in reality, it was Canadian. And that's where they get you. That's where they get you, folks. You gotta watch out. Um, but no, like, like Bumper Stumpers is one of those shows where it's very clever and also makes you feel very stupid at the same time. Now, uh, we got to get into the real creator, uh, Mark Maxwell Smith. Uh, he is one of the coolest guys in the world of game shows. I mean that, like, seriously. He is, like, to anyone else, they'll just think he's just some smart person. He's a smart ass. But really, anytime he's ever done an interview or you say hi to him or an email, he's, like, the chillest, coolest, raddest guy out there. Um, which is funny because in his IMDb profile, I can actually say that he played a mere man in his acting resume for, <laughs> I mean, that's what it says. Mark Maxwell Smith, the mere man from Masters of the Maze. What a, what a great uh, title to have. Um, but no, like, uh, he is one of the coolest writers in game shows, uh, produced the hot potato knockout. Uh, Talk About, which is another fantastic Canadian game show. Pictionary, uh, Supermarket Sweep, he wrote a lot of questions for. He did Beat the Clock in the 2002 with Gary Kroger. Uh, And then uh, he also, you know, wrote for, like, Greed and Chain Letters and Let's Make a Deal and Alphabetical. And it's like he does all of these weird things that, you have to have this weird like sensibility and this weird I, I I hate to say weird like it so many times, but you have to like change your brain to a different perspective to view the kind of puzzles that Mark does. Because I think bumper stumpers and talk about are the kind of game shows where you need to have this certain frame of mind to do very well at. And with bumper stumpers, it's based on reading license plates. That's all the show is. But the way the license plates are written, the way it's framed, 
it's just a fascinating look at what we see and how we read letters. And that's what I think makes this show so fascinating that uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as uh, I'm joined by Liam and we talk about the fantastic beep, 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 beep show known as Bumper Stumpers. Now let's turn the tables. With me on the line, art friend, actor friend, uh, actual Canadian legend, Liam. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> don't check that. Jordan's <laughs> listeners, don't don't check that online. I in Canada, I'm I'm a legend. Yeah. Legendary Canadian Liam. Bumper Stumpers expert Liam. <laughs> we, 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 our episode is the one and only Bumper Stumpers, the pride of Canada, the, the Canadian game show besides, I don't know, definition. It's it's Canada's number one export, I think. Uh, well, let's see. Let's, maple syrup, uh, Tim Hortons franchises, and yes. uh, mullets. I think after all of those three, yeah, it's Bumper Stumpers. Number, coming in hot, number four, Bumper Stumpers. Number four is the pride and joy, the Vandy Plate guessing game, Bumper Stumpers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> surprisingly hard, Vanity Plate guessing game. The surprisingly hard. The, the, we'll, we'll quickly get to the, the, the big factoid that's the big fun fact here. Was uh, if, if anyone ever heard of a, of a Canadian band called Bare Naked Ladies... <laughs> Well, you would be amazed to know that uh, uh, Stephen Page was a contestant on Bumper Stumpers. Really? <laughs> yeah. P- Stephen Page was on Bumper Stumpers with his friend, and they got their clock cleaned on the show pretty much. Oh, my God. I think I saw that one. I didn't know that was Stephen Page. He's very young. Like He was like high- college age, like just like studying music. <laughs> doing yeah, they did terrible. They didn't get like any. <laughs> he got his ass kicked. Uh, and now let me try and do a re- recreation of the Bumper Stumpers theme, because that's the first thing you hear on Bumper Stumpers. Bop, bop, boo boo boop-a-doo-doo-boop-a-doo-doo-boop, bop, bop, boo boop And then can you, can you just, like, do a honk-honk noise, like a... Now the driving force behind Bumper Stumpers. Yes, that it has to be... What's his name? Al Dubois. Al Dubois who is, I will say, like, you know, can, Canadian game show hosts, they, they they usually show up here. Like your Jim Perry's, uh, you had your, your Alex Trebek, Monty Hall. Uh, right. But Al is definitively, I would say, Canadian host. Yes. In the most, I hate to say the most stereotypical way of a <laughs> Canadian, but he can only say, oh, sorry, that is not the right answer. <laughs> So many times. <laughs> oh man yeah it's it's a typical thing with canadians that we have to go to america to get uh success you know um but this is a flip. even like i've i've never heard of bumper stumpers and i've i've lived here my whole life i only heard about it when you told me about it you've never heard of the classic canadian it's... game show bumper stumper <laughs> uh okay so it goes a long way so the creator Bumper Stumpers is going to be a surprise to a lot of people. It is Wink Martindale. Uh, in the world of game shows, yeah. Wink Martindale is kind of like one of those icons in the world of game shows. He hosted Tic Tac Doe. 
Uh, he's famous for that big wig. He was like a Memphis radio DJ for the longest time. Uh, then he went on to like basically be like the face of game shows. So whenever you hear someone say wink, like wink Yahoo for uh-oh, it's in reference to Wink Martindale. Uh, I was wondering if, if you guys had heard of uh-oh down there. We, we covered uh-oh with uh, Brian and Matt. Oh, so yeah. that was a great episode uh, with Wink Yahoo and the, uh, the, the, we, the speed round, the dump, the uh-oh featuring the Gimp Mask guy. The Punisher. The Punisher, Halt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was based off a sketch comedy show. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was based off a kid's uh, re- like sketch show for, for YTV, so that was also a fun thing. Bumper Stumpers yeah, and- came out of Wink Martindale basically driving in Los Angeles and seeing vanity plates, because that was all the rage in the late 80s. Was, was You know, the, these vanity plates, you know, like, uh, oh, it's it, this one says uh, tooth hurdy for a dentist. Yeah, yeah. So he said, what if this was a game show? Talk to Mark Maxwell Smith, uh, who's also a big name in the world of game shows, behind things like uh, Talk About, the other Canadian classic game show. Also a figure who wrote a lot of questions on Supermarket Sweep, uh, was the format of Alphabetical, which was short-lived but fun. Uh, and uh, all sorts of classic game shows in, in the world. So you put the mind of Wink Martindale with the mind of Mark Maxwell Smith to create bumper stumpers. <laughs> and instead of putting it on American television, it became a game show that's distinctively Canadian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in a way that is it's, amazing. Apparently, there's, there's the a moment goes, the budget was the thing. Because most Canadian game shows back in like the late 80s have very cheap budget like you, you gotta think mad dash you gotta think definition uh just like mom and dad almost looks like a new set you know very tiny so this was the first americanized game show set in canada and that's where wow. you come in <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing uh i mean it's it's a typical thing. Canadian TV just has no budget. Uh, so it's it's just funny to see, like, they throw all this money at the, the set and everything, but it still is an inc- a painfully Canadian production. Uh, there's a moment where uh, Al Dubois uh, tells two contestants they got something wrong, and the, the audience gets mad at them because they, like, basically got it right. They were, like, a word off. And he goes... He goes, I wrote this down. He goes, hey, one day you'll have to explain to your kids why monkeys at the zoo don't wear pants. <laughs> why? And I was like, that's, I, it's, for, I have no idea what he means by that. But at the same time, that's like the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. It's just like a Canadian uh, kid shit. It's not just fart poop. You, then you have to do yeah. it. And then something with a girl getting kissed. Ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the format of bumper numbers is also varied. So it, there's multiple ways to do it, but it's basically a best two of three game. The object is to solve the super stumper, which is a very game showy phrase. Solve the super stumper. Absolutely. You win the round. To figure out the super stumper, you got to first solve a bumper stumper. And a bumper stumper question is basically vanity plate. Like, yes. like, like, I, 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 and then one will say, uh, Four eyes. Yeah. And then, like, one will be like, uh, 
uh, like it was just a hamburger, but with like an eight for some reason. And then Al will go, one of these plates belongs to an optometrist. You would buzz in, you would have to pick A or B, and then yeah. you would then you would have like ten seconds to figure out what the puzzle says. And if you're right, you get to pick a letter off the Super Stumper classic concentration kind of board where they reveal one letter or number and you get to figure out what it means. Yes. <laughs> That's the best part when people are trying to guess based on one letter. It's the be- the best part is like four eyes. That's right. You got it. So we'll get you the first letter on the super stumper. You have 10 seconds. Uh fre- fresh 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 bake fresh fr cuz just the letter f. A uh, f yeah, friend yeah. fa Oh, so sorry. (laughs) So sorry, not any of those. (laughs) We'll go back to you. This one belongs to a person who loves cheese. If you get it wrong, however, and you say, like, left, no one's really right. Oh, sorry, it's the right. So the other team has a chance to get the silver stuff or they can solve the puzzle. Yeah. And if neither of them get right, we'd keep moving on, keep going from, so there's about like six to seven puzzles per round. <laughs> and whoever gets best two of three goes on to the big bonus of the mainline rules of the show. Yeah. Uh, just, hey, solve the super stumper, you'll win the game, you go on to the big bonus round. Where it gets tricky to me <laughs> is the bonus round. And I'll say this in the nicest way. I don't know what the fuck the bonus round is. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm glad you said that because I'm also fuzzy on the bonus round. So the first, like, Let, let's try to piece it together though. Okay, if I can, I remember correctly, there is triple or nothing one where it was just like, hey, get as many as you can for two hundred, then you will go triple or nothing one final one. If your partner can figure out the like the one bonus puzzle, let me. Oh, here we go. Let me look up. There's actually a game show rule sheet here. I'm so glad. Oh, great. Now I don't feel so <laughs> stupid. All right, let me feel like I I know what I'm talking about for bumper stumpers instead of just reading a wiki page. The first team to win a best two out of three game match won $1,000. Originally, the team only had to win one game and doing so won $500 plus $500 for each game not won. Losing two games eliminated the losing team from the show. Okay, I did not know that till now. I kind of had my own mixed up structure of what bumper stumpers was because I just vaguely remember the say say of the stumper what letter and that's number and get money like like a tic-tac-toe beat the dragon scenario and I was going to go into straight up week Martindale mode but then yeah, we're watching an episode the, it wasn't you that don't want to get a stop so. sign if you if you like pick a letter but there's a stop sign behind it then then the bonus round is just over yes it's so it's like beat the dragon but instead of a dragon it's it's the cruelest game show like person ever you've heard of, you've heard of them all you've heard of the whammy from press your luck you've heard of the banker from deal or no deal now get to something even more ruthless the stop sign <laughs> no mercy uh <laughs> so okay so here's bonus round one the bonus round is split into two halves first half winning team got 30 seconds to solve seven stumpers each solve increased the odds of winning the bonus round solving all seven won two thousand dollars it's canadian two thousand dollars was like a good chunk of money back uh yeah. however oh, not yeah. solving any of the stumpers into the bonus game right away at the end of the bonus round the host told the players how many they got right and he could reveal which plates got revealed chase lights and made them on okay who cares about the light i mean cool the lights go around yay solve the shiny 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 in the second half, the winning team played a game called the Final Stumper. It was played if at least one stumper was solved. Final Stumper solved when seven game board monitors spelled the word stumper. 
there were two versions of the final stumper. Behind the words in Stumper were money rounds ranging from 1 to 500 in stop signs. 500 always went first, and then it goes to 1, 2, 3, 4, ending with a second $500 space. So, all right. Number of stop signs returned by how many Stumpers were missed in the first half. Team picked off letters, and whatever money amounts revealed were theirs, reaching a total of at least $500, double the money, uh, to a maximum of 1800 bucks. But hang a stop sign in the bonus game. Uh, however, unlike most Barry Ingwright shows, this type of bonus format, any money earned was theirs. Okay, I was wondering that. So it's, huh? At the same time, the main game switched to a 203 format. Final Stumper was altered a little. Uh, square marked win now added to money amounts. Win always went first with the money plus the 500. All right. Reaching at least 1,000 or finding the win gets to 2,000. I didn't know that was like how the bonus round worked. I always thought it was just get to 1,000. All right. Uh, in the bonus round team, five plates, solve four out of five, win $200, four out of plates, blah, 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 and then it gets to 1,600. All right. And then 30 seconds, solve five stumper clues, figure out the solver, you get triple. Okay. Whatever happened, players go on to the next team, and there's another challenge. And uh, if they win five times, uh, they retire, but they don't win a car. What kind of car were they winning? I think that's the worst part. Is Wouldn't a show called Bumper Stumpers give away a car because the name is called Bumper Stumpers? You would assume a car would get involved in some regard. No car would get one if you won five games. You just kind of just go, oh, well, you, you already had five turns. Go away. Maybe we'll put you in the Tournament of Champions. Seriously? They didn't have like a like a LeBaron like on the Price is Right or something like that? <laughs> no. Like nothing. Nothing. Not a single car. On a show called Bumper Stumpers that's all themed around cars and vanity plates on cars and has a honk honk in its theme song. That's that's fucked up. That's honestly that's honestly fucked up. Jordan, do you know if these are real vanity plates or if they're just making them up? I I have bad news because I can't think of like a single like because sometimes they're like five letters long. Other times they're like eight letters long, and then like the super stumper is always like seven. Well, and I saw one today when I was watching hours of this. Uh, <laughs> one of them was it had a symbol, it had a star in it. Oh, that's right was, for movie star. No, the one I saw it was it was Star F uh, DVD, and it was it was for Star of David. It was a, a rabbi's license plate, <laughs> and I was like, is that? Is that possible? I mean, anything is possible if you pay the right uh, <laughs> licensing fee at the Department of Motor Vehicles. I mean, everyone can get their own vanity. <laughs> uh, all right. So the other fun news that I have to give up is Wink Martindale. Uh, is the big, is, even though it's Al the Boy's show, yes. I still have to give it to Wink Martindale for a couple of things here. Uh, he... And Sandy, the the wife, have two pets. I believe they're, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're dogs. And one is named Bumper and the other is Stumper. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Wink Martindale has two pets. One's Bumper, one's Stumper. Uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> and, uh, and they're still alive? I don't know. I don't know if they're still alive. I'm going to assume they unfortunately passed away. But... <laughs> This I I just like the idea of the creator of the game show is a game show host and they have pets named Bumper and Stumper after the game show he created. The times that buzzer was the same when oh used in the God. pyramid, hosted by Clark. The very first Super Stumper puzzle solved was O two B F L Y N O two B flying. 
So it's oh, like concentration. It's all letter word plays. Uh, the Bell and Bugger song were different in the last season. When Bumper Stumpers re- re-aired in Game Show Network, the logo was Columbia TriStar. Uh, when re-aired Game Television, which is Canadians' answer to Game Show Network, the logo was Sony Pictures. Road signs that blink during the intro, commercial intro, outro, and ending, because I know this is the kind of fun facts you want here on Game Shows, I suppose, that I'm going to read oh, yeah. and completely forget in like five minutes. <laughs> no parking. That's why I listen. Yeah, no parking. Yield, right lane ends, stop, keep right, hospital, and no right turn. Wow. Yeah, when you win, you hear that. Uh, but now we can go into actually what makes it fun. Even though it's like, yeah, they're not really winning a car. It's $2,000. It is still one of the, like, I would say most, I would actually say wholesome. Wholesome is actually a good term for the show. Yes. Uh, Because it's just like, they get two teams of two contestants. They're all related. They're best friends. They're a couple, something, whatever. Uh, One's on the red team, one's on the blue team. The whole premise is just buzz in left or right, what is it? And usually, like, eight times out of ten from what we've seen, at least in that two-hour video, they ring in and then they just kind of go like, "B, correct. Now solve it. Up, oh, uh, fly, fly, swat, fly, swatter, fly, swatter, fly, swatter. You're right. Yeah. Otherwise, it's great. Otherwise, eight times out of ten, uh, it's like fly listening sw- to someone learning to read. <laughs> That's the best way of looking at it. It's like with someone learning to read or uh, yes, you know, like when like. Or when like some or someone who's very inebriated trying to like say like a four syllable word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I know what I do. I read a dick, dicky, dickshaw, diction, 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 why, diction. Yeah, I don't want to sound lugubri. Lug, uh, I don't want to come off as lugubrious over here. Oh, sorry. That was not what we were looking for. But. Uh... <laughs> Originally, the rules stated that you pick left, right, and then you can either play it or challenge. And then they quickly threw that rule out because people would play, obviously. Obviously. Because, <laughs> like, what what would make you say, yeah, you know what, let's give it to my opponents because clearly they know what they're doing. Yeah. They just want it more. I can tell. And it's, okay, so, like, like uh, PYR88. Uh, uh, you would see it and oh, then yeah, you would pirate. go, Pier, Pyre, Piri... 1888, period. No, it's... Oh, so sorry. I'm Al DeBoy. Oh, so sorry. Uh, we were looking for pirates. Pirates. Pyre, like pyre, the first three... And then eights. Pyre eights. When you see two eights, it's eights. Oh, uh, Jordan, my, my fucking favorite one, uh, X-S-S-R-V. X-S-S-R-V. Porn, porn, porn star, porn, ass, ass, a symbol, a symbol, a symbol, Avengers assemble. You're never going to get it because it's tennis serve. Oh, this one belongs isn't to that, John McEnroe. Isn't that like infuriating? It is. But the thing is, like, that's the show is everyone feels stupid <laughs> when they yeah. in and try to get these bumper stumpers. Uh... Al Dubois, by the way, at the time when he was hosting, was just doing weather. He was just a weatherman. 
So it's very fun to see like, hey, uh, while you're, you know, you're here in the studio for Global, can you just like go next door and do bumper stumpers for me? And Al, who is this, this, this nice, charming guy, like classic game show host, just like gray hair, nice suit, smiles a lot, and Pride of Canada saying, uh, sure, I'll do it. And it's... <laughs> I, I I don't know what else to bring up about like Al Dubois in this other than like he, there really is no tension in this. I'm led to believe Al likes to fuck with him. Sorry, I, I got disconnected there. What were you saying? There's not really a lot to talk about Al Dubois. <laughs> like he's just this weatherman was very charming, nice, follows all the stereotype, but is like so friendly. And I think he's at the point where he knows all the answers but he knows like no one will ever know these, but he's still like, well, that was a good try. You know, very, very tough luck. You know, when you see two eyes, you know, the eyes have it. I eyes and then an S for eyes. Yeah. He tries to give people little hints and stuff for next time, like help them out with the pattern of the show. Cause he knows like, he's mostly just going through the motions cause he knows it's ridiculous. At this point, I think he like, when he, so the idea that do it someone was just like get... out of friendliness, like, yeah, I'll do it. And then we realize like no one ever gets these puzzles. <laughs> and then the worst of all, the worst is when Super Stumper and no one knows what it's supposed to mean. Assume you filled in all the puzzle. You filled in the entire board. All right. Well, we, we, we're looking for the phrase. Uh, talk it out, folks. What do you see? <laughs> wicket, wick, wicker, wick, wick, D, wick, what, uh, W-S-T, Wicked, uh, uh, Wicked, wit- well, it's a character from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, we we're looking for the Wicked Witch of the West. All those W's, Wick, W-C-K, D, did F, and then a letter D, and then W-S-T. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you on this, folks. <laughs> but, uh... When, when, I, I have to figure out here, like, what is the definitive, like, good bumper stumpers player here? I mean... Is someone just, like... Because this is the precursor to text messaging. Like, I would assume, like, if this was brought back, it would have been all text message speak. Right, yeah, that specific, like, early 2000s text messaging where uh, it's like... L-U-V, U, letter number two, love you too. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the exact speak on vacation bumper stumpers. It's yeah, it's it's exactly the same thing. They kind of predicted that we have vanity play on a show where no one wins a car. Probably because it's team. That's probably only the reason I'm probably guessing why they don't give a car is because it was a couples show. So maybe that was it. And plus, you don't want to have like Al the boy go. So which one of you is going to drive the thing if you win today? <laughs> well, let's play some bumper stumpers here. Yeah, there were a couple weird moments. Uh, with the couples where it's like, what are you going to do with the money? And the guy's like, uh, I'm going to give it to my wife. It's That's like... a great answer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're, let's go back to bumper stumpers. This one belongs to a dog walker. A dog walker. No, I'm not looking at you, Mark. <laughs> it's like, uh, left. Uh, hold, lee, hold, hold, lee, hold, leash, hold, lee, hold, hold to leash. Hold, 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 le- hold, 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 le- hold, oh, sorry, it was hold the leash, hold the leash, sorry, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You were so close, can't give it to you, though. Can't give it to you, I'm so sorry, you don't get to, uh, 
look at the super stumper. Your other team gets to pick a number. Where do you want to see the next letter? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Five? All right, you got a T. Ten seconds. <laughs> I love you're saying sorry with the Canadian accent. That's... Oh, sorry. Very, just can't. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You just... I'm so I sorry. Don't know what to say. Uh, He doesn't say about, though. He doesn't do that about, about, though, as much as other Canadians. Like, he does sorry, but he doesn't... Well, do... I, think, I think the about thing is kind of a myth to a certain extent. Like, uh, I know that the diphthong is weird. Like, okay, I'm just going to say about, and then you tell me how weird it sounds to you. All right. You just about. did. About. No, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's just like, it's to me, a fascinating format because <laughs> I would say Al is just simply like a, defi- I would say a definitively a great game show host. Like he just got stuck on this show instead of like, just imagine like this was the late 80s. He could have hosted a great American game show. He could have like, I was like, what I was thinking the entire time was when they had Millionaire in Canada, which was like later on after the Millionaire craze kind of went its course. If he yeah. was able to just host Millionaire, I think that would have been his jam, like doing Canadian Millionaire. Oh, he, w- he would have been Dynamite, and we don't have anyone else who could have done that, except for maybe Wink Yahoo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to see Wink Yahoo do Millionaire. All right, Liam. Liam, you are going for $64,000, and here it is. Whoop! <laughs> what former prime minister... <laughs> is associated with the conservative party. Is it A, boop, France, B. Oh, no, I'm so some... sorry. You didn't get it right. Punisher. <laughs> he drops the slime on me. I oh, wanted he's... to hear you try to guess some Canadian prime minister's names. Just just riff some. Uh, okay, besides like the obvious, like Justin Trudeau, his, his uh, wonderful Pierre Trudeau. Because you got to get those, you got to get the <laughs> yeah. Trudeaus. It's kind of like saying Bush. And uh, yep. I almost for a second uh, said, "What was that weird guy's running?" Action? The weird guy. Oh, Stephen Harper. Yeah, that that Br- the the conservative who everyone's like, "Oh, I like him because he's like Trump," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, because he, he looks like a bunch of snakes uh, stuffed in a sack. Yes, he w- looks exactly like uh, if you just took a, a raccoon's like family, put it in a trash bag. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, no, he, he was running. He didn't win. <laughs> Trudeau won. Uh, let me see if I can get like, this is great. This is great. Let's American trying to figure out uh, Trudeau, Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure there was, there's like uh, an Abbott. There's an Abbott and a McDonald. That's the only, like, I think those are the only two. <laughs> Abbott and McDonald are the only other ones I know about. And I don't know if they're like early, mid century. Let me look it they up. Were, they were a great uh, comedic duo. Abbott and the, the comedy were, stylings of Abbott and McDonald. They were they were two prime ministers and they would bonk each other on the head and it was a it was a tumultuous time for Canada because we had two prime ministers at the same time and Abbott and McDonald would kind of chase each other around in a circle and you'd hear a slide whistle and they slip on banana peels and stuff. Wacky wacky sound effects get played over it. <laughs> Yeah. Don't actually look up any prime ministers because that's not that's not fun. Come on. I'm, I'm I just looked it up and well yeah oh yeah that's right Paul Martin I like his steakhouse um, <laughs> and then Stephen Harper the other guy you know the other one yeah the other one the other one no the we'll move there on there was now. the guy who had a stroke 
we'll move on now. That's all we will move on to. We're not going to talk about Justin Trudeau and his sock collection or what he did in college. He loves <laughs> costumes a little too much. Oh, uh, yeah. This <laughs> costume belongs to Justin Trudeau. Boom. <laughs> Left. Correct. Five seconds. It's like B-L-K-F-8-S. Uh, oh, so sorry. That was not what we were looking for. We were looking for break a leg. Break a leg. Because he has, you know, he did theater. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, this is one of the classic Canadian game shows. I remember a month ago. They did a whole documentary about Canadian games, and that's what kind of sparked me, like, we should really look into Bumper Stumper. As they were talking about, like, the history of game shows, and they were going through, like, uh-oh, they did, like, Mad Dash Kid Street, which apparently was famous for its above-the-hand clap, sure, oh. because the sound guy went pissed, apparently, because, you know, if you applaud, that's loud, so he got pissed. Can you clap above your head in the race car podium? With bumper stumpers, it really is just kind of just like a red podium, blue podium, a backdrop. Weird tube, weird tube set, by the way. I got to point out, it was very weird, like, tube set with, like, then suddenly the tic-tac-dough monitors that were kind of used somewhat for the final round and not really in the main game. What do you mean by tube set? Oh, like all the pipes? Yeah, all those pipes. Like, was that just like for industrial design? Because, oh, we need something that looks sleek. But it it has nothing to do with uh, bumpers. Nothing to do with license plates. Yeah, which were... It's like, like plumbing. Like, well, I don't think they want to put like bumpers on the set because then people think like, oh, we're giving away a car on the show? <laughs> And then some people yeah, like, no, really don't the want bumpers. We're just coming with the bumpers to the cars. <laughs> if you win five days, you don't get a car, but we will pay off the vanity plate fee so you can have any vanity plate you want. There you go. That's what's up. That's what they should. Legitimately, that's what they should have done. Now, that sounds like a prize. If, if you can't give away yes. a car, I mean, that seems like a cheaper bonus prize you can give away. Uh, I mean, a prize, a prize should be frivolous, I think, you know? You want you, so when it comes to prizes, do you prefer frivolous or do you prefer grandiose? Yeah, because uh, it's one I, thing you say I, like I here's a trip for two to like a Hawaii or something. Here's a trip to Alaska. Here's a trip to let's go with like a European country of France. Or well, you know, is it better to just sorry, go, go like ahead. here's a coffee maker. Here you go. <laughs> you want a toaster? I mean. Uh... I think that a, a trip is, uh, it's frivolous and it's grandiose because it's just like, you know. But that should be like a grand prize. It, it should be lot. like you win like three things and then the trip, like a double dare situation. Yeah. Think about this. The high stakes game of winning a whopping $200. <laughs> Spelled with a U for some reason. That's another Canadianism uh, I noticed. Like when Trebek was doing Canadian things. And when Al was saying sometimes what you won, he doesn't say dollars. He says doolers. <laughs> I, I think sometimes true. I think sometimes we just say things weird to fuck with Americans, to be honest. That, uh, is that is that is are you spoiling the secrets? Are you spoiling the secrets, Liam? Yeah, I'm as as a Canadian legend, you know, I'm letting out all the Canadian secrets. Uh now, now, I know yeah. Just People was not intentional. We forgive you. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know about this. I, this and the politeness. I can't. Uh, 
bumper stumper. I, I, I kind of was yeah. just throwing this into like, it came to an end after like a set amount of years. I think it was like four. And I wonder, like, did the time come, like, it just passed, like, okay, no one really cares about vanity plates anymore, we've all moved on, internet was a thing, or was there, like, oh, oh, actually, now that I think about it, maybe that was it. I'm answering my own question on this one, Liam, but, um, because it, <laughs> it, it ended up in the early 90s, bumpers. Right. I'm so it, it led directly into internet and text messaging because and, and AOL chat logs aim because that's when Absolutely. I first heard it LOLs and OMGs yeah yeah and there wasn't even any reason to do it on aim it's not like you were using one of those uh, phones where you have to push the one button three times to get the letter you want I'm getting the letter C all of a sudden <laughs> yeah and that could be a, I'm not going to say that's the reason but I would assume be... and then it, it was a Transitionary fossil. It was no longer needed. Bumper stumpers just died, and Wink Martindale was stuck with his two pets. And, but hey, you know that's a lasting memory. It probably lasted longer. Than it. <laughs> but in dog years, it lasted sixteen. Uh, so it's pretty good. So it got me thinking here. Like uh, that's like the new thing is like trying to come up with new puzzles. Like I'm sure there was like a text message thought process pilot that was kind of like bumper stumper in like the two thousand. Uh, Emojinius kind of had similar. With emoji of letters. Right. I gotta think here. Can the show be revived? Wow. That's a question, Liam. You've suffered through three hours of bumper stumpers. Yes. I'm not saying I you want to we... watch more bumper stumpers now, but should we unearth the time capsule of bumper stumpers and put it on 2020's television or internet? We can always internet's always an option. Quibi, all that. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm on board, man. I think bumper stumpers, like, we, we got to lose the car theme. You're right. Make the, the beep beep into, like, a computer beeping. You know what I mean? So click, click. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know how we make the title still make sense with uh, an internet theme. Uh, the information superhighway. That's, the... <laughs> That's it. Wow. Wow. The bump, bumper stumpers. <laughs> no, like, I got, I was thinking that. And, you know, ABC in America has been rebooting a lot of shows. Like, Match Game has been rebooted. Pyramid's been rebooted. All of these shows have kind of, like, been rebooted. They're American. And global television, I mean, obviously, they're kind of in a standstill right now in terms of programming. So it got me thinking here, A, yes, it can be revived. In fact, it can be revived right now because coronavirus and a lot of stay-at-home orders what's there yes. to cheat on bumper stumper you can easily yeah. do this right now you can easily do bumper stumpers right now stay-at-home orders bring the family along and do absolutely nothing different other than probably come up with a bonus around that works or, <laughs> yeah. like if you think about it like hey we're bringing it back bumper stumpers for specials here on global get your zoom get your discord get your skype out we're bringing families from all across Canada to play the classic game show we know and love, Bumper Stumpers, and then we come up with like a cash prize, like two thousand. Like two thousand is still like a cheap amount of money, but it's still like, hey, it's something when you're stuck at home. It's it's not bad at all. That's what uh that's what Trudeau's given us a month, and it's you know it's helping out. I just then we need to upsize. Them. Uh, so yeah. multiply everything by five, make it ten thousand. Do you and, think okay? Do you think we get Al Dubois to host again? Well, what do you think he's doing now? Like, he'll just be sitting at his home. Like, I'm sure, just imagine, like, 
30 years older Al Dubois just sitting there going, Welcome to Bumper Stumper. Sorry, that's not what, like, he'll be slower pitch, but still doing these. <laughs> so how are you enjoying quarantine? What did you do before getting stuck? I was a waiter. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting now. And what, what do you do? I'm a teacher. Oh, fantastic. So where do you teach? At home. Great. Anyway, <laughs> this license plate belongs to someone who owns a smartphone. <laughs> and then just keep playing the show, but modern. This belongs to a drag queen. This belongs to a... Uh, so uh, probably we'll go with uh, Mark. <gasps> this one belongs to Mark Ford, <laughs> and just like have little silly lines and still do super stumpers and play them like normal at home. This is a good quarantine format for for Canadian game shows. But what I wrote down, and far as a hey, let's reboot the show, is take a page from the ABC library. If you're bringing this show back, you're stretching it to an hour. First of all, sorry, and second of all. <laughs> And second of all, you up the stakes. Because I think this show could still work. It can still do bumper stumpers with vanity plates. Uh, and just update. So instead of like a weird set, you have like a big monitor. Because that's pretty much all they Just like two big like HDTV monitors. Yeah. And if, if they do reboot it, I think they should do. Uh, they should have the prize be that they pay for a personalized license plate personalized license plate or like like just have that be like their team name like what's your team name make a personal license but behind them so that way it's kind of funny it's like instead That's of just like fun. oh here is richard and here is is samantha and that's all we know about them it's it's here's richard and samantha uh they both own a kombucha shop so their vanity plate says kombucha couple now you nice. know what they are. But it's still impossible to read. Yeah, no, it's still impossible to read because it's still only like eight characters. <laughs> but why does it just say come? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just says come couple. What the fuck? We need to redo the entire vanity plate. Al is not going to read this. Uh, so I, I, I think it, it should be revived in that regard. Um I think vanity plates are definitely like a fun little novelty prize, especially as a parting gift. Like, oh, thank you for playing. Here's a vanity plate. Yeah. And I fix. And if you lose, <laughs> if you lose, they give you one that says you lose. <laughs> I. It says I got stumped on bumper stumpers. Yeah. No, you don't get vanity plate. You get a bumper sticker that says I got stumped on bumper stumpers. There you go. <laughs> the only winners get vanity plate. Uh, uh, so I even fixed the bonus round app because I got so fucking confused by the bonus round and it's not one part it's not two part it's a three part finale yeah I, I still don't understand how the bonus round works like we've we've run through it a couple times I'm looking at it in front of me I still don't get it so we first have to let me tell you here we go it's a three part finale follow me on this this is my Jordan Haas patent pending Bumper Stumpers bonus round for the 2020 rebooted uh, Bumper Stumpers. Yeah, the fixed version. So first, we got to determine how much money you're playing for. We first play a game called Stop and Go. Very quick game. Uh, there's this word stumper, like in the old days. Pick a, no pick a letter for each one that you find. It'll either be a green go or a red stop. 
There's six goes, one stop. No, six out of seven chance. For each one you find is $100. If you can get all six, that's $1,000. So 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, or 1,000. Then we determine how much bank you can get by playing one final speed round. There are six bumper stumpers to solve in 30 seconds. For each one that you find, you go up the ladder. So if you are, if you get all, if you max out and get the thousand, it becomes two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand. If you get all six, ten thousand dollars. But it's not yours one last time because we want to make it so fucking complicated, and we don't want to give that big of a payout. We have one final super stumper for you to solve if you want that money. If you fail, all you get's the vanity plate and a thousand dollars. I assume that's perfect. You fixed it. Otherwise. Otherwise, I made the super stumper for a car. Because you have to do a car, right? It's car-based. Yeah, um, yeah. But if we're like, but hey, truncate it, make this the bonus round. Also, it's one and done. I want one and done. I don't want to do two out of three. Because sometimes you get a, a couple that really can't do bumper stumper. And they get their clock clean through two rounds. And it's just like the most embarrassing thing. So just do one and done, just like they would do in an Americanized format. That way, one couple... And then switch, and then another couple, switch, another couple, and then switch. Otherwise, and this was my other proposal I wrote down as just a note, and it really is weird and will work. I wrote down celebrities. You get a civilian paired with a celebrity to solve bumper stumper, and you switch them out in each half. Like like a Hollywood Squares type thing where the celebrities are doing So it'll be like... Oh, Liam, you're paired with Jordan, and then you're paired with so-and-so on the next half. So it becomes kind of like a you get two chances at the money. So if you end up with like a bad celebrity, you're not really screwed. And because you can also play for last, because it's bumper stumpers, and pretty much no one really can solve these bumper stumper puzzles to begin with. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. You could have like uh, Canadian celebrities like the Trailer Park Boys come on. Yeah, yes. In in full character, you get bubbles to show up. <laughs> yes, it'll probably Absolutely. be like Caroline Ray. Like let's not kid her. It'll be like Caroline Ray. It'll it'll probably be it'll, it'll probably be uh, Anne Murray. Is she still alive? Sure. <laughs> you get Howie Mandel to return for some reason. He would do it. There you go. Pride of the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Yeah, because if it's if it's fucking uh, digital anyway, like why not? That's perfect for Howie Mandel. He'll do it. And you're playing, it's just a fun little silly show. Like, that's it. Little stakes. You can do in studio when you want to. But for right now, I think this show is definitely something Canada would, would watch. It's definitely something that has that nostalgia appeal because late 80s, early 90s. It's a very, you can really modernize it and silly funny with this kind of show based on what's going on now. What's the new trends? What's going on? Yes. Oh, Jordan, I got an answer to your earlier question when you stumped me of who would be a good player of this game. It's it's somebody who was an obsessive texter in the early 2000s. Somebody who got really good with those flip phones with the with those like fucking buttons. Yes. <laughs> so you're telling me some famous YouTuber who's in their 30s right now. Exactly. Congrats uh, to I think Lauren DIY's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you get to congrats to uh what was who's that lady from bitch and kitchen <laughs> she gets to be on here and then of course uh you have to have the stereotypical once every and she can go episode. from the kitchen 
And of course, stereotypically, you have to have once every six episodes just a couple from Quebec that doesn't really speak well to English on an English puzzle game show. (laughs) (laughs) But then they're just really good at it somehow. That was the weird thing. I I remember seeing that, like, how did they... (laughs) It was funny because it was college teen. Like I remember correctly, it was like call. It was Quebec like couple, and they were like in their forties. And then it was like a college like couple, and they were like clearly like in their twenties. Like just like this is gonna be a fun night out, and they just like royally got screwed over by like the Quebec family. Oh yeah, well the Quebecois they have an outsider's perspective on the English language, so they can you know see the weak spots and exploit it. Is this something I need to be worried about? Like, well, the ki- mind, I'm not California. Too... I'm in the West Coast. I'm more Toronto. Not really. Quebec. You so you're not you're not gonna encounter the treacherous uh, Quebecois, but they're uh, the the Anglais are their sworn enemies, and uh, yeah, just be careful. Not sans le Quebecois. Is there been a more villainous? Oh yeah, and we should have someone dress up as a stop sign. Show up on the episode, kind of like Whammy, the all new Press Your Luck, and dancing the stop sign. Just something for the kids to enjoy, you know. Here's That's... Stoppy. <laughs> I I would like to volunteer to be in the Stoppy costume. Uh, I will learn to break dance. Uh, I'm a quick I, mean, I want Al Boy to do to host a return to bumpers. Can't I gotta figure out who would be like a good substitute? Because that, like, that's art. Because he's 72. Like he's not that old, but he's in that age area where it's gonna do it. He's a he's a weatherman guy, right? I'm now going to look up weather presenters Canada, especially currently host of global TV personality, global news at noon. So, uh, Paul Hasem from the morning. Uh, oh, here you go, uh, Chief Meteorologist Mark Madriga. Yeah. Hey, uh, have you ever heard of this? Is a real person, uh, CBC News presenter Anita Bath. to do it. Can you believe that somebody's real name and not just Bart Simpson calling Moe's Tavern? And I, I, I want to talk to Anita. Anita Bath. I'm right here. Good. Uh, so the coronavirus in Canada, do you have any more information <laughs> on like what like the local counties can do to save them? I, I think, you know what, let's get Nita the host. <laughs> I mean, she might be good. She's, you know, she's, she's a pro. She's a perky lady. I'm sure she'll just be like giggly funny and do laughs. I, I, think, she, I think she might be our host, man. We found. I think so we need to we, get her on the we, horn. We found it out. It's obviously has to be on global because that was where, we're, like, it was a ri- like a global show. It's yes. A pride of Canada. It is a Canadian, like, other than like like headline like headline chasers or whatever was that show headline readers. What was that? The panel show with the the headline. Uh, other than that, like, definitely bumper stumpers and something about yeah. like in this day and age, like, just like this weird relic of game shows returning. And especially yes. in a quarantine environment where we're all uncertain what's going to happen, just the idea of just here is a couple in their living room looking at their monitor, trying to decipher the words wash your hands. Yes. <laughs> Sounds just perfect in this day and age. It really does. So to me, that's what it's about. I love the show. I will keep watching the show. I don't recommend watching three hours of Bumper Stumpers. You will go insane. I did go insane, Jordan. I I lost a piece of myself, and I won't ever get it back. I I'm so I, sorry about this. I I had fun talking about it though. So so Liam, before we go, we have time for one final question. 
There was, did you see the dramatic lights? Here's your final question. Earlier in the episode, we talked about vanity plate, and runners up or winners get a vanity plate. Liam, if you couldn't get a vanity plate from bumper stumpers, what would your vanity plate say? Uh, it would it would say Illuminati, but there would also be like a six 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 in there. Okay, so it'd be ill light bulb six six six. Uh, or no, it'd be I L. Um, uh, probably an umlaut. That's it. Yeah, and then a letter T, and then it would be uh six 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 because you gotta get think eight characters. Yeah. Uh, I always was wondering what mine would be when I when I had yours would be there would be the there would be the Nightwing symbol, and then there'd be a hamburger, <laughs> and then there'd be a, a game show buzzer. Because apparently you can just have symbols. Have symbols. I was like, like I was thinking like Nightwing, like N Y T W N G, and like a question mark, oh, yeah. like a que- like I don't know. Uh, or because it's game shows, I suppose just I S U P like I sup. And then just three O's. Nice. <laughs> Cause you got to follow the Al Dubai rule of when you see plurals. That means it's pluralized. You yeah. know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Liam, that's going to do it for us here on bumper stumpers. Not like the grandiest, like not big money, very low stakes, very fun. Scream at the television. Couples losing their minds wrong all the time, and Al Dubois basically just saying, "Yeah, well, I was so sorry. I was not what we we're looking for." That's life sometimes, you know. Liam, what would you like to plug? Uh, you know, check out uh, a movie uh, coming out sometime. I don't know. It's in post production right now. It's uh, written and directed by the guy who created America's Next Top Model. Uh, it's called Godfrey. I have a small role in that. Uh, Check out, uh, check out these guys, the Game Genies, uh, and their their song "We Get Girls." I'm not affiliated with them, but they got like no views, and it's it, they're they're I'll fine. Put, I'll put it in the uh, in the link so that way people can watch it, watch the music video of the Game Genies, and and check out check out my shit on Twitter at actual Liam, spelled like how it sounds, all one word. Yeah, that's gonna do it, Liam. Thank you so much for joining me on the Game Show Podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me, Jordan. Sorry I, uh, I melted your brain. Thanks again to Liam for stopping by. Uh, Well, now I got to just do some backtracking, and that means, unfortunately, reading off the Wikipedia entry for the bonus round. The game show had three bonus rounds throughout the run. Bonus round one. First bonus round featured two separate rounds. The first half saw players trying to identify up to seven plays within 30 seconds. Getting seven won $2,000 and ended round immediately. As long as the team identified at least one plate, they moved on to the final half. Dubbed the final stumper. Final stumper was played with all seven of the game's boards monitored with the letters S-T-U-M-P-E-R displayed in the term. Object was to bank a certain amount of money without finding a stop sign, at which point the round ended. The final stumper was played in two different ways. Format 1. Hidden behind the seven monitors were various dollar amounts and stop signs. For each plate uh, he solved, the money amount was added to the board. 500, and then went one for the first, two, and second, three, four, etc. $500 added last. The team could keep choosing as long as they kept revealing dollar amounts, they could stop at any point. Revealing a stop sign would end the round and froze the team's winnings. If they managed to find at least $500, though, money was doubled. A team can award a maximum of $1,800 in this portion of the round, one three five equals nine hundred dollars. Multiply that by two. If not all seven license plates were solved, 
However, if a team could strictly solve all seven license plates, they will win $2,000 melee. Format 2. In the second version of the format, each solve placed a different set of spaces on the board. First place, the board marked win. Next five for money amounts mentioned above, accumulating $1,000 or more, or finding the win space augmented the team's total to $2,000. This was the tic-tac-toe thing we are talking about. This time, finding a stop sign bankrupted the team and ended the round. Bonus round two. In the second bonus round, team was given 30 seconds up to five plates to solve. Four of the five was worth $200. For the second half of the round, the team was given three additional plates to solve and could stop at any time with the money earned. If the team decided to play on, they were given seven seconds to study the plate. Coming up with a right answer doubled the money each time, with a team winning $1,600 if they solved all three. So in other words, 200 becomes 400, 400 becomes 800, 800 becomes $1,600. Failing to come up with a correct answer ended the round and cost the team their bank. And the round also ended if the team failed to get four plates on the first half of the round. You need to get four out of five to even make it to this cheap. It was a very cheap round. Anyway, bonus round three. The third bumper stumpers bonus round consists of a series of five plates connected to a subject with each plate serving as a clue to the subject's identity. This time, only one player from the winning team played the first half. That player was given 30 seconds to cipher plates in $100 each for each correct answer. Unlike the previous bonus round formats, the buy then give out clues to the plates. After time was up, the player was given a choice. Either stop with whatever money they had accumulated or risk it for the other player isolated backstage could come up with the owner of the plates. If the team took the risk and the second player was able to identify the subject of the solved plates, the team's winning would be triple. This was the triple or nothing final. The top prize was $1,500. Winning teams could stay on the show until defeated or winning five matches. That's... That's the show. Um, also, this was a show that aired on USA Network for a while, which I forgot to bring up during this because uh, it was a global, and it was also on USA Network when it originally aired. So I uh, want to give some shout-outs to that. Uh, Bumper Stumpers is a very clever, crafty puzzle show. Uh, one that I do recommend you watch, but please don't be like Liam and me and watch like hours of it just like one episode will be suffice and i still think this has potential for a reboot and now it's time for the 110 part series exploring every pricing game from the price is right this is called the pricing game spotlight One wrong price. Premiere date, October 23rd, 1998, 0865K. Finale date, June 8th, 2007, 4025K. Premiere date, Drew Carey, November 29th, 2007, 4104K. One wrong price is the opposite name of one right price. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So, uh, one wrong price. It's a quick game. Easy to understand. There's three prizes with three prices. Two of them are right. One of them is wrong. All the contestant has to do is pick the prize with the wrong price, and they win all three prizes. Simple as that. It's an ABC game. One, Two are right. One is wrong. Pick the wrong, and you win all three. On December 13th, 2003, uh, Price for a Million Dollars Spectacular for Bob's birthday. Game was played for three automobiles and was won to view the blah, 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 blah. blah. 
on October 23rd, 2013. Uh, it was $20,000 bonus because BCH week. Who cares? Uh, July 6th, 2015, losing horns were not played. It was the only pricing game fully lost in that episode. Uh, June 20th, 2017, Summer Beach Party. It was renamed One Sarong Price. Yeah. Uh, November 22nd, there was a Thanksgiving College Rivals episode. November 27th, another Thanksgiving College Rivals episode. Most number of times it's played in any season is 33. It has elements of most expensive, double prices, and danger price. One wrong price is named one of the five new prize games on the 9th, 10th stages. It's 36, which is November 29th, 2007. No, I don't need to know any of this. I like this game so much. I, that, I I love this is like one of my favorite prize games, you know you know like when you when when there's a game of the Price is Right it, there's car game cash game grocery game and then a prize game. Uh, usually the rule of thumb on the Price is Right it's it's with each half there is because there's six games one game has to be played with cash one game has to be played with grocery items, and in two halves one of those ha- three games must be played for a car. The rest have to be prize games, and one has to be an A-B game. This is such a fascinating game because it, it, it plays up the reverse of, of the prices, right? The price is right. No, this is wrong. And there is, like, red, like, the no signs all over the place. It's that It has that same uh, structure as most expensive or easiest one, two, three, where it's just three prizes. And it's a versatile game, like, some of these earlier games where it's like, well, you can do with any three items. You can do it with something like a TV, a couch, and a popcorn cabinet. You can do it with three trips. You can do it with three cars. That's what I love about games like this is you can think outside the box with what prices you can give away. And honestly, like the, the, the way that they mess with the prizes to make the wrong price, they seem believable. Now, sometimes they want to make an easy win, so it's kind of like, here is a uh, Apple computer. It's $6,000. That's supposed to be a dead giveaway that's like, oh, well, that's not right. Or it's something like, here is uh, some designer shoes. It's $4,198. And then you're kind of questioning, like, that's a weird price, but that could be right. And that's what I like. And I think like games like this, where you can mess with the game, you can make it easier, you can make it harder, you can make it three cool prizes, you can make it so something's like, oh, I, I want that, oh, I know someone who love that. That is what I love about One Wrong Price. And to me, this is one of those top 10 pricing games. And I like it a lot. I wish I could explain more, but... It really is just, here's three prices with three price tags. Pick the one that's wrong and you win. Simple as that. Uh, Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're a pushover. Pushover. Game's pushover. If you didn't think I was going to review Legendary, then you don't know Jack, but that's for a future episode. 
HBO Max made its debut recently with a multitude of television programs and movies for your disposal. And it's been a pleasure. I will go right out and say I have been having a blast with HBO Max. I have to say it's my second, maybe even my first favorite uh, streaming service. I mean, I, I will still bat for CBS All Access because of The Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal repeats. But as far as like for a mainstream consumer audience, I think this could actually even beat Netflix with the amount of shows in its disposal. And one of those shows is Legendary. And I still don't understand Legendary. Look, I read the reviews. You've heard me audibly sigh for every step of the way for Legendary. It is exactly what I expected Legendary to be. It is clearly not made for me in as far as the audience is concerned. I don't know a fucking thing about Vogue houses. I do not know a thing about Vogue dancing. Uh, I watched this show. I watched two episodes, and I still don't fucking know what it's about. Uh, that's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it definitely is a dance competition series. Like, if I can kind of guess and figure it out... It's like RuPaul's Drag Race, but instead of the drag performer, it's these groups of houses, quote unquote, which are really just teams. They don't really live in a house. Uh, and it's the dance squadron, and they do these little dances for Jamila Jamay and other dancers. I forgot the judges. And like, I will say it the, the dancing, like when I'm looking at the performances, they're pretty damn good. Like, I will bat them. Like, whoever is creating these dances, they're great. It's a mix of, like, street dance mixed with, I guess, Vogue, because that's like the Madonna move your arms and robotic move. And it's also, for some bizarre reason, also like a couture thing. This is very upscale as far as, like, a dance competition show is. Like, this feels very couture. This feels like fashion show dance competition rather than uh like like say so you think you can dance or america's got talent where it's just uh let's give it to the kid because they're the best and howie mandel loves them and simon cowell's there too uh this show feels like a weird show that i can almost almost uh, like be assured that they would never have put, picked this up on any network whatsoever and seeing it here I still can see why no network would pick it up either. But it is a well-produced show. Well-managed. Uh, the judging is really neat. And it's it's basically a talent show based on this weird group that I've never really heard of. Uh, I, I don't know anything about Vogue dancing, so just throw it out there. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of hate mail my way. What do you mean you don't know it? I still don't know. I'm thinking it's like fashion show dance challenges and it's basically like head to head battles where one stays one go and you pick the best and the set looks cool. It looks like, you know, a fashion week kind of runway kind of dance set. Uh, and I'm guessing that's what it is. It's like model fashion mixed with dance as I'm, that's what I'm assuming what Vogue is. Besides the whole Madonna Vogue song, which is about Vogue magazine. Um, but 
as much as like I know I'm I'm probably never going to watch another episode of this because this is out of my league. I still don't know much about this. This feels like another area of uh, I, would, I I hate to say like gay culture because I I still think that's a little too exploitive and I still like let's like saying drag race is gay culture. This feels like another aspect of like like a, a gay culture i have no idea about despite being bisexual so this is completely out of my field of knowledge however i'm assuming if you are a fan of vogue dancing this would be a great show for you if you like dance competition shows you would love legendary i will say this is probably one of the best dance like even better than america's best dance crew legendary is surprisingly to me Better than America's Best Dance Crew. The uh, the stories that they are telling, the people that they brought in, and it's not just like one group. This is like all sorts of cultures, all sorts of customs. It is shocking to me. Uh, like they, whoever did the casting for Legendary, uh, probably outdone themselves because this is like some extraordinary talent. Uh, even the ones that got eliminated, I felt like were really good. And it's like, this is like the most shocking show I've ever seen in this form of like, I thought I would hate it. And I found out just, it's like, actually, it's pretty good, but I don't really feel like I want to keep watching this only out of like my, my limited knowledge of Vogue houses. I'm sure like if I was a big fan of Vogue housing or Vogue dancing in general, I would know what the hell's going on here. But I don't, so I don't really feel the need to keep watching, if that makes sense. However, it is actually a pretty good show. Jamila Jamil, however, uh, Jamila Jamay, uh, is an okay host in this. I mean, like, I, I think they wanted her to be it because a British B model, see good looking, and they're trying to go with that upscale thing. But it's kind of weird in in her hosting now on misery index she's like out of the water she's like a fish out of water on the show i still don't know why she got casted for that but sure i guess it's to show her comedy side because she's multifaceted this was more of her judgment dancing judge side and it kind of felt weird kind of felt like heidi klum on america's got talent like what is going on here and she's the voice sure okay huh However, given the set, given the casting, which I thought was bad, and the format, which is pretty straightforward, like it's the most straightforward format I could, it's this team versus this team, winner stays, loser goes, kind of tournament style challenge. This was really cool. And I did kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I know I'm repeating myself with that, but I mean, there's not really much else to go off of other than the dancing is good, the hosting is okay, the set looks nice, the music is cool. What I liked most about the show was uh, the way they did the cinematography. I mean, like, it's clear they got, like, 4K or maybe 8K, like, screens for the dance sequences, and they kind of are trying to go for, like, can we do super slow-mo because there's, like, a big, fast approach, super slow, and it looks really nice and for some bizarre reason like this is <laughs> i um, i joked when i originally wrote the show notes i said they're dancing in front of the apple store 
<laughs> and that's like, well, actually, now I think about it, that's kind of true. It's like they're dancing in an Apple store with like Hot Topic goth couture wear, where it's all black upper Victorian chairs as the judge chairs. And yeah, it makes kind of sense. There is no house. Like, quote unquote, there's no, there's no fucking like Big Brother house. There's no Bachelorette house. This is really just the name of the teams are the called houses. And these teams are all, like, full of different people from all across America and even around the world competing in this show. And the, <laughs> I will say, of all, like, the cast, I, I keep, like, steering to the casting because this is a good first season cast. They're all, like, uh, for some bizarre reason, this isn't really full of sob story kind of cast. This is full of, like, upbeat, happy, feel-good, I love to dance, this show's danced, all these people are my best friends, uh, we go to this together. I w- like, we're all former gymnasts or all former uh, models or we all met online in this one community. And it's, like, th- they're all upbeat. They're very, like, silly and snarky somewhat, but in that way that's just charming rather than you just despise everyone in a way that I thought was going to be the show. And I I think that's the big appeal. Like, it it turned me around on the show, Legendary. Uh, lots of horny, though. This is one horny-ass da- dancing show. A lot of dry humping dances, a lot of songs about it. Basically, like, what if we just fucking dry hump to Nicki Minaj? And I mean, given today's culture, that's sure, yeah. And hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm just more of a Cardi B person. That's all. Um, and <laughs> I just, I just love this show. Uh, this is like a sleeper hit. Uh, I, to me. I recommend watching one episode to see if it's for you. It won't be for me. I'm not going to keep watching. I know I just say that over and over again. However, I think this show is going to be a hit. This show feels like a hit. This show feels like a sleeper hit that would not surprise me if I see it get an Emmy nom for best like talent show, kind of in the same vein as RuPaul or or uh, The Voice. Like I think Legendary might be one of those slots. Uh, just not going to watch it. That's all. But I do recommend it. It is a good show. I give it a solid B. I just think they need better judges, better hosts. And I think they probably need to figure out, I think, the lighting. Because we had a whole lot of let's react to the audience shots, which come from a very old school talent show kind of thing, versus where they're trying to go with the cinematography of focusing on the team dances and try and tell you, like, you see how complex these Vogue dancing is because it's not just one person doing like a robot dance. It's like seven, eight people exactly doing the same choreography dance over and over again, which is really difficult. Uh, I think that's what makes the show work. It's that rehearsal. It's that effort. And I wish they could showcase more of that in the show than simply a, uh, Jamila Jamay smiling and snarking for for a couple minutes, but that's that's just weird. I for me, I actually want to see more of the dancing than and what it takes to do the dancing uh, than than a lot of the other stuff. But this is a hit. This is a big hit. I'm giving it a B, and I do recommend you watch it. It's called Legendary, and it's on HBO Max. Kids, two craft challenges, one grand prize winner. This is. Craftopia. 
continuing the HBO Max review library, even though this was taken about an hour later after rewatching a couple episodes, is a show I love called Craftopia with Laura DIY. I said before that this will be one of my new favorite shows, and sure enough, it is. This is a kids' reality competition show based on arts and crafts with Laura DIY, whose whole YouTube career is based off crafts and craft making for kids originally and now just catapulted into this huge career. So she's the perfect host for one of the greatest reality competition shows I have seen in quite a while. Yes, there's a multitude of arts and craft shows and baking shows and cooking shows and this and that and making nets and great sewing bees. But for some bizarre reason, Craftopia works on so many levels that it's like the most wholesome game show I have ever seen. And it's one of those shows where it's like Nickelodeon would mess this up. And I hate to say that because when I first saw the first episode of Craftopia, it gave me very strong top L vibes. And when I did the top L review, I said if they focus on the crafts and this creative thing for the kids and focus on like trying to ask the audience at home if you were a contestant, what would you do and try and replicate it at home? It, that would be a hit. Basically, Craftopia is just that as the show and done with bookends rather than an elimination competition format. And no Santa Claus's host, it's Lord DIY. And I love it. It's just like, I am amazed at, at, at the creativity that comes in the kids and the talent that goes into making some of these crafts. And it's simply put, it's an easy to follow format and enjoyable. Each episode focuses on one like category, like fashion. Uh, another episode uh, focused on party supplies, like invitations. And it's just a clever show. It is a 20, about half hour show. It's about 26 minutes. Uh, it's a little lengthier than the half hour typical formats, but it still follows the same beats as one. It follows three contestants. I, I think they come up with some clever flavor text, like they're craft testants or uh, I think that's it. They call them craft testants. And it's played with two games. In game one, it's a simple craft, like an everyday craft that people can do, like make a make a little uh, invitation card for a party or design really cool shoes. And of three judges who have some creative experience, uh, rather they work in fashion or they work in set design uh, or they do paints, they're artists themselves, so they basically are like the craft kids grown up is basically what they're trying to allude to with these judges is they were kids once and they did some similar stuff so they're there to encourage the kids so they have like a time and just like every single like of these shows you have 30 minutes you have one hour to make the thing and then we'll take it to the judges uh in this weird craftopia world where it looks like one part uh arts and craft store and in one part, like, really cool loft apartment with, like, fluorescent tube lights and everything. It's a really cool set. Uh, that When we start with three kids, they start with the basic craft. And then they go to the judges. 
of the judges, only two go on to the grander project. Well, one goes home, and we feel sad. And to me, that's the big negative to the show is someone goes home, so you kind of feel disappointed, and it's like, oh, there's an elimination point. And obviously that kid's not going to feel good. However, even though that's like the worst part of the show, and that to me is like the only negative uh, to it, they're not like discouraging at all to any of the kids. And they are very supportive and very like in that same awe that I was watching. And then they're just like, can't believe you came up with that. So you love space. Like, so what's with all the space theming? What's the, oh, did you ever want to be an astronaut? And they try and tell stories with the crafts. And the kids are very eager to talk, which is, I know none of you really work in kids programming. A lot of kids either talk a lot or don't talk at all. So when it comes to a lot of like reality competition shows, usually kids will just say nothing and go, oh, well, I have something. Or they'll say like in two words or three words, like, it's good, it's nice, it's blue, hi, mom. Uh, and these were kids that are just enthusiastic and happy. And I don't know if it's because Laura DIY is there or all the crafts they get to use or just like how how open the casting was with like grabbing the right contestants for the show but whatever it was it worked because you're rooting for all of the contestants all of the crafts are very nice lord diy's there to encourage offer advice offer even tips which i was like shocked by too like lord diy's like well you know super glue is really tough to use and then we do the and i'm like whoa like that's something that's like so she's really when she does something like that and she's offering advice and tips to the kids it's not just like for the kids as they're doing the project it's almost like they're helping you at home because Pretty much Craftopia is expecting you to replicate some of these challenges. Um, obviously, one is a much smaller budget challenge versus one that's an even bigger budget. But that's beside the point. Um, like one involves like just like, you know, cardboard, scissors, glue, all the like glitter. The other is like involving yarn and decorating or one involves making your own clothes out of like any fabric. And one involves making like something for pets and one involved making recyclable stuff it was it's just a beautiful show and the fact that it's for kids also works now a lot of shows these days you know the adult crafting shows like making it, it it's still kind of cool because you know it's adults working on this stuff and it's obviously a hobby to us and we all do it but when you see what the kids imagination involved there's something more pure, if that makes sense. Like a lot of us, when we make projects, adults, we, we come from our backgrounds, our experiences, our pet, our kids, our house, our family. When you see it in the eyes of a kid to almost do similar challenges, it's not like sometimes it's my family and my pet, my dog, but other times it's kind of like, their hopes for a better world if that makes sense or their vision of a world that we can't see yet and that's what makes me a little emotional watching it is that you can kind of see that like there's <laughs> sorry i'm gonna pause there's just something pure about these kids and it's like to them the world is not the ugliest place and we know the world's just terrible as it is right now. We're we're trying to distract ourselves 
by any means necessary. So it was kind of weird, like having these kids who don't know what like prejudice is or a scary world of COVID losing a parent that, you know, to them, this is everything and they're just smiling and happy and it's just like a feel good, happy show and everyone's enjoyable and it's just to me, it's like that was the best escapism for just that one 30-minute show is the Craftopia. And it's just shocking to me that this show that I thought was just going to be like, oh, it's a craft show for kids of Laura DIY. She's a good host. She's a very good presenter. This is obviously going to be a good show. Would actually elicit like an emotional response out of me. Everyone knows I'm very like bored or tough or analytical and just... Uh, but for some reason, Craftopia just broke me in a positive light. And not a lot of shows do that. Not a whole lot of reality shows do that. Not a lot of competition shows involving making shit does this. But for some reason, Craftopia, rather it's its atmosphere, it's positive in the judging it's kids that never really feel sad or disappointed. It's just like this. It's like a different alternate reality in a world where it's like we all should aspire to have more craftopia. Like these are kids who clearly want to just do this because they love doing it. And this whole show is basically like, well, that budget's what, like a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred bucks, like. Hey, go hog wild with all the, the construction paper in the world. We don't care. And they do it. And it's just brilliant. And it's like the nicest show. Uh, I should really go with like more flavor text. So when the final two and the big prize at the end, someone gets like a big Craftopia trophy and $5,000. And they usually say they don't know what they're going to do with it or it's something like silly like i want to build something with this or i want to go to art supply and work on costumes and it's like that's it but if they lose they're not even disappointed they're also having a good time and that's like the strangest feeling to have because you know in this weird world of reality competition shows where it's like who's the most talented who's the best at this we know, like, that second-place person is always disappointed. I didn't win. I will be back. Kind of, like, chopped. And this show, it doesn't do that. It just kind of wraps it up like, well, it's fine. I mean, I had a fun time. Like, you just gave me, like, $400 worth of fabric and told me to make, like, a whole closet of costumes. Like, this is cool. Uh, the To me, like, this show is really one of... Uh, the best things I have seen on television in quite a while. I I know it's like it's gonna be one of those weird things is like I can't as the game show podcast, it's gonna be weird for me to say, Hey, go to HBO Max and watch the kids crafting show Craftopia with Lord DIY. Cause it's like what? Why? You're that's not a game show, that's not a quiz show. But for some reason, Rather, it's the kids who have these aspirations, the judges who have that same viewpoint as them, almost feeling like the, to these kids, like in like 20 years, you're going to be in my seat uh, to Lord DIY being very supportive and helping out whenever possible. 
this was like one of the greatest shows and it's like the strangest kid show i've ever seen and it's like this is a hit to me this should be the hit this should have like multiple seasons this should never end because this is like think about like if this show existed five years time or six years time or ten years time what kind of kids will grow up and what kind of projects would they create even if they replicate some of the old challenges it doesn't matter this show is so much easier to watch than a lot of other television shows right now a whole lot of game shows right now to be honest that it's a must recommend must see on hbo max to me will people think it's boring maybe i don't care but to me this is one of the greatest uh competition shows based on talent that i have seen in recent times so salutes to hbo max for craftopia this gets a solid a the only reason it's not a plus is because that third place kid gets eliminated and it's like that's still a point where it's like oh man that's disappointing because they don't get to do the big cool project at the end oh well I'm going to get a tissue box, and then uh, I'm going to hide all of these feelings so I can still come across as a dark, uh, depressing person online. Because that's, I guess, my personality is to be, you know, a jerk, I guess. <laughs> Also this week, uh, debuted a brand new panel game show hosted by Keegan-Michael Key, also known to friends as Not Jordan Peele, called Game On. Game On is based off the UK panel show League of Their Own, hosted by the very funny James Corden from the Couple Karaoke. You do the Couple Karaoke, Jamical. You do the fun Jamical. And it basically is League of Their Own, complete with funny fat guy who can't do physical activity. That's the joke. And that's been on the air for like five years. The whole joke is the fat guy can't do physical activity. And they keep doing that joke. Instead of James Corden hosting the show, it's hosted by Keegan-Michael Key. But it still remains the same. There is two teams, a red team and a blue team. And they go through various games for points. Whoever has the most points wins. That's the show. At least it wasn't the UK version, because in panel game shows, they don't really care much in, in that version. But it also was an Australian version, and it got canceled after nine episodes. So maybe they should have taken the hint. Maybe. They wouldn't. Anyway, so Game On, instead of the red team, blue team, and whoever gets the most points wins, is a hilarious game where it's two teams. One is led by Venus Williams, also known as Not Serena Williams, and the other one hosted by Rob Gronkowski, formerly of New England Patriots, now of Tampa, but we can't talk about that because this was all recorded before that happened. But don't tell anybody that. Anyway, in this hilarious show, they also get presented with not just Venus Williams and uh, Rob Gronkowski, but Ian Carmel's there. And Bobby Lee is there. With the jokes being, Bobby Lee is short, so he can't really do much as far as being a goaltender. And Ian Carmel is very heavy, which means he can't really do much physical activity. Ha ha ha. 
they are on the sides of both Venus and Gronk. Bobby is with Venus. Ian is with Gronk. And there's two other guest people on the show. It's good when they have other guests. Usually these are people that are supposed to be in the field of athleticism. Keyword being athletic. But instead we got J.R. Smith and Gabriel Iglesias in the first episode. And in the most recent episode, which is out this week, uh, Demi Lovato and Ronda Rousey. Wow. Demi Lovato and Ronda Rousey on a sports game show. Thrilling stuff. In each challenge, which is very weird, there is different points available, and and whoever gets the most points wins. Whoever has the lowest amount of points, they have to take the L. Take the L and do a humiliating punishment, which is, if we saw the trailers, oh no, snakes and spiders. So, oh no, Rob Gronkowski had to eat gross things. They have to take the L. (laughs) Anyway, the uh, challenges on the show are actually kind of clever. As they do revolve around athletic ability in some regard, and other times it just feels like they intended for these to be viral video moments to be uploaded to YouTube to make 2 million views, much like Late Late Show with James Corden does. Uh, examples include the pop star penalty where Bobby Lee gets to be in the goal and then famous pop stars like Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray from 20 years ago. Oh, sorry. 30 years ago, Coolio, who's agreed to do any celebrity show as long as it gives him a paycheck, and Macy Gray, who I actually like. And then I, after watching that scene, I went, wow, can't wait to see all three of those on The Masked Singer next season. Anyway, when it comes to Game On, they were trying to intentionally try and make it feel like sports is for everybody, but in a way that's, you know, not that really funny or interesting, to be honest. A lot of the challenges just feel like they're there for the sake of, well, it's an athletic competition, and it's there. Uh, Versus League of Their Own, where there's only one real physical challenge, and that's at the end. This show does offer a lot more physical challenges than that version, and a lot less state on the stage and do the little quiz things. However, it's still very weird to see an American panel game show, because it is an attempt, and they're very funny, but clearly they don't know what to do when it comes to doing a panel game show because panel shows in Britain are a very notorious British thing. Like, it's supposed to be you don't give a shit, but then you play and you answer correctly. Kind of like a Hollywood Squares blooper. You say, the, you say the joke and then you say the truthful answer. That's that, but as a show for 40 minutes, typically. So try and do that for a sports-themed competition show. It kind of is weird in... in, in in the thick of it but the competitions are very well thought out i am very impressed with that uh there was like the first episode had rotations per minute and if it pops a balloon they get three points then there's like a trivia question like which of these twitter takes belongs to which athlete and that's one point for each one and then there was one that i felt was so out of place it it felt like they should have maybe aired this after the super bowl instead of like now in june but they couldn't figure out the real time placement and maybe there's a reason why i'm gonna guess a production issue 
where they got to go to a L.A. Rams football game and do some kicks in the goalposts, and you had to decide which one made the field goal, which one hit the post, and which one missed. For each one you get right is one point. That was the challenge. And it just was kind of weird uh, seeing that because one professional sports is frozen so it's kind of like this is like the weirdest time to have a sports theme show with actual crowds uh due to covid and two it was like a prediction game and it's just kind of just an existing thing if that makes sense i i think they really want to focus this on sports fans but it's hard to do that lighthearted sports attitude on a network television show like CBS, even though they can afford the archival and afford all of these celebrities. It feels exactly what I expected it to be, which was a placeholder show with with acts being seen as like little four or five minute YouTube videos that will be up on YouTube momentarily so they can get the churn and burn millions of views. Because I think that's more important than actually having like a cool hour-long TV show with a format that I can't even explain other than each round there's three points up for grabs and it's either a physical challenge or a prediction or a match this kind of thing. Um, but one thing that I thought was really fun and actually like a really clever final round they had was like a speed round with sports questions. And it wasn't even sports, like pop culture questions as well. And the gimmick was... Uh, the two athletes, even though Venus Williams was not a thing, but why was Venus the one answering the questions? Probably because uh, lightest, maybe. Um, would be asking as many questions as possible as there was basically like a tug-of-war push-off with the world's strongest man uh, who's won the world's strongest man competition. So it's basically like a push event, and you got to answer as many questions as possible until somebody falls into... Uh, the the foam pit with the gimmick being that of course the world's strongest man would win so it's just how long can you hang on before the guy pushes you over which is really clever because it's two against one uh but clearly they wanted to go with a cartoonish personality with everything around so the world's strongest man was kind of doing professional wrestling mugging the camera i'm a strong guy complete with at the end like keegan michael key going in a totally not pre-rehearsed segment hey what if we all go over there and go against the guy oh no no i don't know and then they do all against uh, the world's strongest man and then the world's strongest man falls in the foam pit so they beat the world's strongest man in a competition and we're all supposed to clappity clap (gasps) The audience didn't really look thrilled to be there. It really felt like this is like every late night talk show bit done for a sports themed competition show. Uh, Problem is, this is exactly what I expected an American panel game show to be in every way. Uh, Just viral video and sort of silly you know keegan michael key is a good host i can't like get angry at keegan michael key at this i love him in brain games this is basically him being that brain games version of himself 
but at no point in this did I feel like, boy, do I feel excited to love sports again. Boy, do I love football and basketball and and hockey and golf and tennis. It just it it feels like um it felt like a, a team version of Schlugged and Rob at some part, which was kind of cool, and that's probably why I kind of like it. But everything around it sucks majorly. It's the overproduced, clearly no one's heart is in it production that I see time and time again on a lot of these shows. It feels like this was done, this whole episode was done maybe in like four hours. I took four hours to record this one hour game show because of all the stop tapes and resets and put things over and can we retry this joke and can we try this again? Because not the audience really didn't feel like they wanted to be there. The jokes felt flat to me. The competitions looked cool, but it felt like, oh, we're just there because we want to see the silly double dare splat moment. We want to see the pie in the face. We want to see the whipped cream balloon get popped. We want to see the ice water splash. It was just kind of just a, huh, what? Uh, I guess this is, I mean, it's there. Like, if I can say what is game on, I can say game on. It's existent. Because at no point did I feel anything watching game on. Uh, There is no moment where I laughed. There was no moment where it's like, oh, this could have been done better. (laughs) Normally when I do these reviews and it's a show that sucks, I would go, well, if they did this and this and this, it would be better. No, they they did the best they could. Like, they followed, if I had to try it, what I would do, and it still sucks. Like, clearly, it's just a format moment. Maybe it's casting. Maybe it's just they got the wrong comedians. Maybe they focused too heavily on trying to do jokes that it didn't really work out because audiences can't figure out what a, you know, intentionally giving the wrong answer is on a game show as a joke is in america there still needs to be some work uh brought into this i wish there was a way to get this working i don't know how though like you either go even more hammy and over the top which i would hate even more or you just totally peel off the fact that these are just really shitty YouTube viral clips and make it the dullest show ever, which I wouldn't want to do either. That there is no healthy medium in this, and that's the most disappointing thing. You want to see Rob Gronkowski do thing because it's famous uh, sports person Rob Gronkowski. He won the WWE 24/7 Championship, so he's a celebrity. And Venus Williams, she's a renowned doubles tennis player. She's won lots of championships. Let's watch her answer questions about NBA and NFL and MLB and PGA. And sorry, what? Oh, uh, now it's time for the for the egg toss competition. But you're blindfolded with special guest carrot top that's all it feels like and i don't i it just it just felt flat to me yeah it's not the casting because that's an okay cast made it makes sense because you get bobby lee and you get 
Ian Carmel, and Ian is like the to me, Ian's my favorite person on on Game On because to me, that's the guy. It's like he's the James Corden clone in this, but he's a very very funny comedian. It's clear this guy just does not fit in this, and they're just doing tons of fat jokes on this expense, and it's just kind of like to me, that's dull. It's a dull show. Uh, I give it a solid D. Uh, for the show because it's just disappointing it's a disappointing format it's not the worst thing i've seen cbs attempt in the summer i have seen you know million dollar mile i have seen uh we have seen uh the candy crush show we have seen tko total knockout this is better than all those shows but at the same time it still kind of sucks and i wish there was something more to it but this is the best they can do. This is the show that they could have done. I didn't like it. Maybe other people like it. Some people like Match Game. I don't. If you like Match Game in sports, this is the show for you. That's how means we are out of time. Ooh, I'm just very exhausted right now. After all those reviews, I'm just very, very sleepy. Maybe for good reason. I don't know. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to say hi to me, on I'm on Twitter over at uh, Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Listen to more episodes of this podcast at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. If you want to like it on Facebook, because you still are old school and use Facebook, facebook.com slash game shows podcast. You can listen to more episodes, not just at jordanhaas.com slash podcast, but over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, we are on Spotify and Stitcher. Do the whole rate, comment, subscribe thing that I heard YouTubers do for podcasts. That would be real swell. Join me next week when we'll be talking about another great game show. I suppose, until then, I'm going to get some sleep and big smooch. Mwah!